Hey there, and welcome to Small Business Chronicles, the Coaches Edition. I'm your guest host, Neil Dipentino from Dipentino and Associates. Uh, I've been in sales and marketing for over four decades, and now I've been a marketing consultant, a fractional CMO for the past 14 years. I've helped a multitude of clients build their business and achieve their goals. But that's enough about me. We've got a wonderful guest with us today. Our guest is Dr. Richard Kay. Uh, Dr. Kay is a business coach, a public speaker, and the creator of the Secrets of Empowering Negotiation Program. He's also the author of the highly acclaimed book, The Secrets of Creating Customers for Life. He resides in one of my favorite cities in the land of enchantment, Taos, New Mexico. Welcome to the show, Dr. Richard. Thank you. Okay. So you've been out here, Neil? You've been out to Taos? I love Taos. It's one of my favorite places. I used to live uh, many, many years ago. I got started in radio uh, on the air in Gallup, New Mexico. Wow. Yeah, and I did play-by-play -play football. Um, so I did some games in Taos and that area. And then later on in life, uh, you know, I live in Tennessee now. My wife and I would drive to Colorado to visit our families and we would take the southern route and go through Albuquerque, Santa Fe, and then kind of take a, a left turn in Albuquerque, if you would, yeah. <laughs> head up to Taos. And then, uh, you know, we would take that back road that would go through like Fort Garland and up mm -hmm. uh, over Levita Pass and through Walsenburg and catch 25 up there. So yeah. love Taos, my favorite places. But you live in Tennessee. Come on back. Uh, uh, you know what? I want to. In fact, the next trip we make down, I think we're going to probably take that southern route. The, the thing is, is that generally when we're traveling, we're like deadheading because we want to get to one place, uh, you yeah, know, pretty yeah. quickly. So sure. we want to see those kids and grandkids. So, yeah, yeah. that's more yeah. important. Yeah, absolutely. So enough about me. Um, let's talk about you. So, man, you've got quite a, a background. And uh, what I'd like to do is just have you tell us a little bit about yourself, if you would, please. So, you know, where to begin? Um, I started out as an electronics engineer, uh, got a BS degree in business management, got my doctorate in chiropractic, drove out from New York to San Diego to start a practice. And what I do these days, and we'll talk about creating clients and customers for life, what, when I started a chiropractic practice, there were 300 chiropractors in San Diego at the time, Neil. Yeah. How the hell do you start or grow any business in a crowded field? And we're all in crowded spaces. You know, you, all of us, it's, it's crowded. Well, I decided to learn some things. I got myself on a morning television talk show in San Diego, turned that into being an invited guest every month for about a year. Then I got myself an article in the San Diego Tribune. Then I got myself an article, uh, and I say articles, about me in the Los Angeles Times. And here's what we talk about. You know, we can talk about this later on. I get a phone call that was pivotal. I got a phone call from the 630 News. And the producer said something like, who are you? We're seeing you. We're hearing you. I was also in magazines and on radio. Well, now I got a 630 News segment on me. Then I got a phone call from PBS, and it was the same kind of question. Who are you? We're, we're seeing you. We're hearing you. And I got a PBS segment about me. Neil, the point here is that we're all in crowded fields. I was in an interview this morning. Someone said to me, well, what's so important about publicity? Hello. It's getting people to know you and saying, I heard your name. I want to know more about you. That builds you credibility. Then about a year after the PBS thing, I shut my practice. I 
already owned 80 acres here in Taos. I moved out, took a year off, said, I can't do nothing. So I've been serving entrepreneurs for over, over two decades coming from, from retired. Out of that, part of that was the growth of how do you keep people around for life? Whether you're a coach, a mentor, a chiropractor, or anybody. And that gave birth to that book. Now you have the Reader's Digest version. <laughs> Not the three-hour version that we talked about right. earlier. Okay, fantastic. So obviously publicity is super important because it's like you have to feed the pipeline. You have to be able to let people know who you are, where you, what you're doing, that type of thing. And that's more of an outreach type thing. Publicity could be what, advertising or what other forms of publicity are we talking about? So it's a common question. And most people think about PR, public relations. And there's a distinction between PR advertising and what I do as publicity. PR, in its simplest sense, is making phone calls, sending out press releases, and praying to God that someone says, hey, I like what I'm seeing or hearing. I'm, I want to talk to this person. That is PR. Advertising, you all know what PR is. You know PR. You see it. You watched the football game the other day. Every you know, 30 seconds, it seems, there's a commercial. Mm -hmm. Someone's paying for that spot. Whether you don't have them in Tennessee, I don't know. But in L.A. or San Diego or New York, you know, 40-foot billboards with signs, that's advertising. Publicity, and what we do is guarantee things, and I'll tell you why in a moment, how I can do that. We guarantee placement. We guarantee a best-selling book in multiple categories. We guarantee speaking on stages. We guarantee articles in, oh, the Los Angeles Tribune, USA Today. Um, three days ago, we had some people, some of our clients in New York being filmed at the NASDAQ television studio for being rebroadcast on Newsmax and uh, Fox and couple of other different things. That's what publicity is. It guarantees placement. Okay. So obviously there's a lot involved with being able to guarantee anything yeah. in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so how do you determine a client or a product or whatever the case might be? How do you determine whether or not that, that product or person has the ability uh, to, you, know, you have the ability to, to guarantee that they're going to get the publicity that they're looking for? I mean, not everybody can get it, right? Well, you, uh, yes, and I'm going to segue into something that I said a moment ago. Neil, you've heard the expression, it's not what you know, it's who you know, correct? Right. Yeah, that's great. Now let's take it another level. It's who knows you. It's who knows you. Uh, politics aside, I know who the president of the United States is. You know, big deal. He wouldn't have a clue who I am, and it doesn't matter. When it goes to our guarantees, let's take a, the number one best-selling book. And by the way, whether you've gotten a book written or not, we can help people ghostwrite it. We start, if you, if you need it ghostwritten or if you need it edited, we lay it out, we design it, we, we, we split test the book covers. You know, when you go into a bookstore, the thing that attracts you, your eye, whether it's to a magazine or a book, is the cover. It doesn't guarantee purchase. But if it's unattractive, you're not interested in it. So we split test to make sure it's appealing. Uh, appealing. Then we go through our network when it's time to release and say, hey, buy this book. 
it's because of people know, like, and trust us. And they know that if we're promoting a book, it's going to be really stellar. Now, we won't take on clients who we don't feel we can accomplish. I don't want to take someone's money if we can't deliver, especially today. Mm -hmm. How many times you go on social media and you say, stay away, stay. I'd rather you go out, and this can be a segue to the, the book, uh, Secrets Creating Customers for Life. I want to turn people into raving fans. Now, I said it's who knows you. I said I guarantee uh, an article about you in the Los Angeles Tribune. How can I do that? Well, I know the owner is a partner of ours, a client of ours. So we've got the connections. If I call him up, oh, that's Richard calling, lights up on caller ID. My call gets answered. I'm not going to suggest that USA is a client of ours, but our connection there used to work with us. So same thing with NASDAQ. They're not clients of ours, but we have developed relationships with the key people. So does that answer your question, Neil? I think it does. Um, I guess kind of going along with what you're saying there. Um, so you can pick up the phone. You can call the L.A. Times um, and they'll talk with you and negotiate with you to whatever. Uh, they'll take your call. Um, if I call them, uh, I'm not going to get past it. I won't even get to the secretary of the person <laughs> I need to talk. To. I will be hung up on like so quickly. So obviously it took time and effort and years and uh, to get that kind of credibility. So you're kind of like you're sort of kind of a customer for life in a sense. So how how did you gain that credibility so that you could be able to make those type of phone calls and be able to guarantee things for your clients? When I shut my chiropractic practice, I began working with a basically now defunct organization named CEO Space. And it was at the time the largest business growth conference on the planet. And I was vice president of that for a while. I developed relationships all over the world by being in service to people. And when we began, before we came live, my question to you was, how may I serve you? When you live through that space, instead of how much can I get from you, life changes. When people would reach out, so I, I developed, and I didn't know this because I was just doing what I do. I, I developed the reputation. Hey, you know, Kay can be in service to you. Well, you know, call him. He'll connect you. He'll find somebody. So as you develop your reputation, it precedes you. And in your business, as well as in mine, Neil, there are people you wouldn't want to deal with, I suspect, in business. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, we we that fast in a heartbeat we make a snap judgment on people we feel their resonance we feel who they are where they're going to like them or not and it's tough to overcome that so the way i developed this maybe it came wasn't from my engineering but from being a doctor and being in service to people it was how can i serve that's right. what I did as a chiropractor. That's part of how I built such an amazing practice. I just translated that into the business space. Right. So I love what you say. You, you built an amazing practice. Would you uh, say that what you're doing now is, is, is kind of the same thing, kind of an amazing practice? You, you, you have a lot of ability. You, you have a lot of connections, but it's, it's kind of a learning experience isn't it? day to day. Every day, every day. And yeah, there are people I don't want to play with. And I, I we, ha we all have to make decisions. And again, you've done this in your mentoring and coaching practice, Neil. 
if a client isn't feeling right, I'd like to believe, I don't know you other than, you know, our conversations is you don't want to work with them. It, it, you know, how much work do we want to put in? And then there's the other side, everyone deserves it. Yeah, you don't want someone to be a black hole and just suck the energy out of the room, out of your life. So anytime I'm interviewing a prospective client, I want to know, and I'll, people ask me, well, who's your ideal client? Someone who has a gift to give, a message to give, and wants to share it. When I ask people, you know, what's your end game? And they say, man, I want to lie in Tahiti and sip margaritas, all due respect to Jimmy Buffett. You know, it's not my end game for people. Oh, there's nothing wrong with lying on the beach and sipping a margarita as long as you're in service. That's how I live my life. How can you serve people? So th those are the people we like to deal with. What's your message? You want to help people improve quality of their lives. I love that. I mean, I, you know, I was, I've been in sales for a long time. Uh, before I started my business, my practice. I like, I'm going to start using that word. Um, but, but, you know, it took, I think, early on, especially, you know, I had a job to do. Uh, I had bosses who demanded certain things from me. I had goals to hit, that type of thing. So really, it was really about me and, uh, and what I needed and what my company needed. And it took a long time for me to realize that uh, I wasn't going to get anywhere. Uh, with that type of attitude, I really needed to be, have a service type attitude. And once I did, and I took that that position, uh, things kind of took off for me. So, uh, you know, so I applaud you for that. Um, one of the things I teach people, I'm on a lot of networking things, and I teach a lot of seminars virtually in live. And I tell people, don't take this personally. No one cares what you do. And it's like, what? Yeah. No one cares what you do. We all tune into the same radio station, WIIFM. What's in it for me? Ladies and gentlemen, you don't care what I do. You don't care what Neil, Neil does. What you want to know is if you and I are having a conversation, what are you going to gain from it? Mm -hmm. How can I serve you? And uh, Neil, is a metaphor, when you get in an airplane, remember the days we used to do that a lot? You don't care if the engines are Rolls Royce, you know, Boeing, you know, you don't care what the engines are. You don't care that where they were made. You just want to make sure that that plane gets you to your destination. So that's the metaphor of no one cares. How many times, Neil, have you seen a website or listened to someone and they tell you, I do this, I do this, I do this. How, how much attention does that get? You know, is it interesting? Yeah. No, it's constant. 100%. Yeah. 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 In fact, it's interesting. We do. So the, I, I think I mentioned to you early on that we're in the process of putting together a new show yeah. uh, and we're going to be working or interviewing uh, business coaches uh, and uh, fractional CMOs, that that type of uh, uh, audience. And, um, and, and my difficulty in trying to figure all this out is that it seems like there's just a lot of people doing the same thing, saying the same stuff, you know, over and over. And again, there's nothing really new. Nothing that really stands out. And that was one of my reluctance to get started. This is like, how do I just make this different every single time? Uh, because I'm going to be talking to the same guy, just a different name. Yes, exactly. And that's why you have to stand out from the crowd. Every conversation is an interview. I interview you. You interview me. You're interviewing me. Do you want to hire me? I'm interviewing you. Do you want me as a client? I'm speaking, you know, in, in a bigger sense, of course. 
And I mentioned I was on an interview this morning, and I said to the young lady, something evoked a memory when a lady and I were out to dinner, and we heard a young couple in the booth next to us, and for 30 or 40 minutes, it was like nonstop him telling her how wonderful, how great, who he's been with and who he's helped, and it's like nonstop. He never let her speak. Now, we're laughing because when they left, we said, we know she's going home and he's going home. So, ladies and gentlemen, when you're trying to, whether it's personal as a date or enroll a client, ask questions. Lots Find of questions. Out. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You want to say something? No, no, no. I totally agree with you 100%. It's funny because I just actually had a meeting with one of my clients. And a client that I've had for over 11 years, just a wonderful, wonderful person, wonderful business. And so they're looking to increase their sales and they're looking at hiring. He wants to bring his wife in to do some sales for him. And he told me the first thing he says is, uh, uh, you know, she's going to do really well with this because she has the gift of gab. And I said, OK, well, that's great. She has the gift of gab. Does she have the gift of listening? That was the question I asked. Yes. Brilliant question. Yeah. Because that's what's involved. Yeah, I dated a woman once and uh, she said it facetiously, but she said enough about you. What do you think about me? I said, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So <Yeah>. click. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So now we've, we've kind of talked a little bit about, um, you know, how you're, you know, the whole idea of publicity and how you uh, work with your clients and everything. I, one of the things is that I was really interested in is, is your book. Uh, and you said you've, did this a while back, the secrets of creating customers for life. And that's really what uh, I, I'm really interested in that myself. And my clients uh, who spend a ton of money on advertising and everything, uh, what I try to preach to them is that it's great to fill that pipeline, get people coming in. But at the end of the day, it doesn't do you a bit of good if you're not able to keep the customers that you get in. Yeah. So can we talk a little bit about the, the secrets of creating customers for life and, and what the process is for that for you? Yeah, let's talk about that because you asked, and I don't remember the number. I did when I wrote the book. You're in sales, so you may even know the data. Data is not important. It costs a lot more money to secure a new client than to keep an old one. And yet so many people were all in the same business of service in one way or another and finding new people to serve. And you may say more customers or clients. So you want to keep them. From a business perspective, it's easier. It's easier. You don't have to convince them. And if you, I, I, I'm going to take you from the end to the beginning, uh, from to the end real quickly, and then come back to the beginning. You, everyone's a suspect. You're a suspect in my world of you engaging me. Then, ladies and gentlemen, we turn into prospects. Now, what does that mean? Well. Do you have something that I can serve you with? Then I want to turn you into a client. And that's where most people end the process. I invite you, ladies and gentlemen, your next step is the most important one. That's to turn them into a raving fan. So they go out and tell the world about you. In the beginning of the book, Neil, I write about the distinction between clients and customers. And then you're going to ask, well, why did you call creating customers for us. Most people don't know what clients are. A customer 
you go into a 7-Eleven or you go to a gas station, or you go to a supermarket, you go someplace, you receive goods or a service, you pay them, relationships technically over. There's no obligation on either side to continue that. A client is someone you take in, you've got them, you nurture them, you keep them happy. You, we, For example, we under-promise our clients and then we over-deliver like crazy. Neil, if I promise you, and you see this crap on the internet all the time, I'm the only one I can show you how to make a million dollars in the next 47 hours, just follow what I teach. I'm the only one who knows this. What's your first thought about something like that? A raving maniac. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, if I tell you, uh, and for example, and I'm going to use what we do with clients, that I can get you in the newspapers and I can get you on stages. Is that a little, and I guarantee it, is that a little more enticing? Yes. Makes sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then when our contract is over, and I don't tell you this up front, but you've spoken to other clients of ours. And they tell you, you know, my contract was over with them two years ago, but they just had a three-day event and they put me on their stage. Well, what does that say to you as a prospective client? It says you have a lot of credibility and do what you say you're going to do. And then go beyond that. Go beyond that. Yeah. That's how you want to treat your clients. Yeah. Yeah. Even if, if there's no money from us from these people, but watch what happens. What do they say to their colleagues? You got to go work with them. Right. That's how you turn them into raving fans. What's well, one of the ways? And that's what's important about it. Follow up. Keep. Do uh, you know where I live? I live in a small town. We talked about that. And a very dear friend of mine, Taos, New Mexico, if you missed the very beginning. And a very dear friend of mine owns a restaurant. And it's one of the better breakfast and lunch places in town. And one day, years ago, uh, she asked me, hey, would you go on Yelp and write a review? I said, of course I would. What if she had, and ladies and gentlemen, you may want to take notes on this. What would have happened if she had asked me for my email address? If she asked every client for an email address? And if at the, at the company, this is any company, if you have a monthly newsletter, get permission for people to send them an email. And in an email, and I'm going to use a restaurant as a metaphor, she said, hey, bring in a new guest and we'll give you a dessert or an appetizer or something for free. Now, if I've got to go to this place or that place, where where's my preference going to be? Well, I'm going to get something for free? That's a favorite word, ladies and gentlemen, isn't it? Yours too, deal, all of us. Yeah. You, know, you get something for free, so I'll bring someone in. I bring them there anyway. But this creates, and again, ladies and gentlemen, write this down, top of mind awareness. When you think of a place to go, uh, oh boy, memory, top of mind awareness. There used to be three spa companies here, you know, the jacuzzi type spas. And one of them is a local, well, they all used to be local owners. Uh, one of them is a local guy, and he was in competition because that's the three different companies. He showed up at every event. He advertised. He was on radio. He was on television. Ultimately, the other two companies, and I don't know why, but they left town. And as 
Wolfgang would tell the story. His wife said, honey, we're the only company in town. We don't have to advertise anymore. There's no other mm. choice. You know what happened to business? Mm. Lamented. Yeah, absolutely. They went back on television. We don't have television here. I don't know where it came that from. It's no local <laughs> television. Local television is two and a half hours away at Albert. Right. Uh, but they went back on radio, went back in print in the newspaper, and business went back up. Top of mind awareness is so important. So that's how you keep customers and clients alive. Right. That's why airlines, and I think, I think it was Delta, but don't quote me on that, who started the rewards programs for airlines. Well, geez, if I'm getting free air miles or free trips, oh, no, it was Pan American. They used to fly people around the world if you had enough accumulated miles. Well, if I'm going to make a choice of going on, ladies and gentlemen, I have no attachment, just picking names, yeah. on American Airlines, or, or they all have frequent flyer things now. Neil, if you fly, I, I would assert that you do to the, you go to the airline that's going to reward you for being a loyal customer. Credit cards, they all do the same thing. Store. So if you want to keep your clients coming back to you, give them a reason. Right. Exactly. And I think you, so you use really a, I mean, Pan American, any type of airlines. I mean, that's really kind of, that's all big business, but even the smallest business can create some kind of a rewards program or something that's going to bring people back. Would you agree with that? I go to my, get my car wash down at Santa Fe it's the closest one, although they just built one here and they've got a little ticket. You punch it. And when you get free car washes, you get one for free. Why would I go to the, person up the block at a one-off. So everybody, you can keep your people coming back, give them a reason to, a frequent consumer, doesn't make it whatever it is. Right, right. And we try, I try to preach that to the restaurant businesses that I have, especially well, all my businesses that I work with, but especially the restaurant businesses, because there's this thinking that amongst most of them are you know, they got into the business because they love to cook. They have a great recipe. Uh, maybe it might be grandma's recipe. It doesn't matter. But they they do it because of that love of that particular discipline. But what they don't understand is that that alone is not going to keep people coming back. Now, you may have a favorite restaurant where the food is phenomenal, but there might be 300 other restaurants in a market like ours where that have phenomenal food as well. So how are you, how are you going to choose where you're going to go out to eat on a Friday night? So it's that place, like you said, the car wash It's that place that will give you some kind of of uh, reason to come back in. And, and that's I look at advertising and, and, and publicity and promotion as being a way to fill a pipeline, to keep that flowing in new people coming in all the time. But you have to at some point in time, you got to realize you got to plug that pipeline up and take those people who are coming in and make them repeat customers, make them customers for life, like in your book. Yeah. And um I, I've, the most widely consumed beverage, alcohols aside, on this planet is Coca-Cola. Everybody knows Coca-Cola. They spend billions of dollars a year in advertising to keep a top of mind awareness. Now, how can you do that? Get in the media, get on press. And in Neil, time permitting, I'll tell everyone how you can do 
emulate the things that I did to build such a successful awareness in my professional practice. It's, Absolutely. Go ahead. All right. So watch this. Do you have talk shows in your neighborhood, Neil, in your city? We radio? do. We have a small small market radio station, and they do Saturday interviews, and they have people who can actually sponsor, I mean, realtors, um, you know, various different trades. Yeah. Okay. So sponsor, that translates to the word advertising. But watch this. A typical talk show has three guests an hour at 20 minutes a slot. And I'm going to use a bigger market as an example, because I know the numbers. I don't know. <laughs> uh, typical five days a week. Now, I heard you say one day a week. But still, that's three guests an hour for th typically three hours on a major market. This is what I did in San Diego. Uh, that's five shows a week times an average of 50 weeks a year. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in a bigger market, these stations typically have three different talk shows a day. There are over 3,000 guests a year that they need. They need you more than you need them. We're under the hallucination. Oh, you know, they got it. No, no, they need you. Well, how do you get on? Listen to them. Find a talk show that's appropriate. No disrespect to Rush Limbaugh. He's dead, but... You know, even if they accepted clients, we're not candidates for his show. We don't yell and scream and shout. Find a talk show that has your target audience. Then make sure you listen to it and forget the host. They're just a pretty face on the television or the radio. You pitch to the producer. And let's go back and talk about pitching. They don't care what you do. You're going to tell them what their audience is going to get out of listening to you. And write a letter. Write something. Write a good email. This is some of the things we teach and how to get publicity on your own. Yeah, you can pay us money. You can get it on your own. Write a proposal. Send it off to the producer. Do not pester them. And don't give them every freaking link you've got, Twitter, Zoom, you know, they don't care. Make it easy for them to find you. Make it so easy that the producer can call up and say, hey, Richard, Neil, you know, talk to me more about what you do. Don't pester them. Give them time. And if they don't get back to you, give them a, a couple of weeks and follow up. Did you perhaps miss this? And it's okay to take no as an answer. I just pitched someone and I got a very lovely email said, thank you for reaching out to us. It's not an exact fit for what we do. Okay, now you can either ignore it or I sent them an email, hey, thanks for letting me know. Be gracious, it's never personal. If what I was pitching them, which is talking about publicity, doesn't fit what their show is, it fits their clients, doesn't fit the format of the show. It's okay. Just move on. There's so many podcasts, webinars, radio, television. That's how you get publicity on your own. Now, if you engage us to do it, we'll get you higher end stuff. Where do you want to begin? And then learn how to be articulate. When people come to work with us and they want to be on television, some of them I wouldn't put on local television. <laughs> okay, So you work with us, you learn how 
to be articulate and talk in sound bites. I love this is all really great advice. You know what? I really seriously could sit and talk with you for the next three hours. <laughs> uh, we were kind of joking about that before we jumped on the podcast, but uh, I really seriously could. Uh, Dr. Richard K., you have been wonderful. Uh, we have come to an end of our show, though, and so we're going to have to uh, say adios. They say in the Taos. Uh, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, just... yeah. Okay, good, good, good. So, um, uh, Dr. K, how can we get in contact? How can our listeners get in contact with if they wanted to reach out to you? So there's a couple of ways. I love that question. If you want to talk about any aspect of business, again, I've been in this space for a long time. Very complex. Talkaboutpublicity.com. Talkaboutpublicity.com. One word, no punctuation. Gives you a link to my calendar. Set up a 30-minute phone call. We'll explore how I may be able to serve you. And I'd like to give your audience a gift. The um, You all send out emails. You know, you should in business. 15 trillion emails a year never get open. Now, you know that, Neil. I don't want to ask, but how many do you just swipe, delete, delete, delete? The, like the book covers we talked about, the thing that gets an email opened from a stranger is a subject line. So the gift is a thousand proven subject lines. RichardK.com, R-I-C-H-A-R-D-K-A-Y-E.com forward slash the number 1000, 1000. It'll give you an access to a thousand profitable proven email subject lines. Outstanding. What a wonderful gift. I know what I'll be doing as soon as we get off this <laughs> call. So listen, that's all we time we have for today. And I do appreciate you being with us today. Thank you so much uh, for your time and all your great information and everything. This has been Small Business Chronicles, the coaching edition. I'm Neil DiPentino. Until next time, thank you very much. Have a great day.